0: This is the Kona Edge, the home of Ironman triathletes who dream of qualifying for the World Championships on the Big Island.
1: Welcome onto the Kona Edge. I'm Brad Brown. It's uh, awesome to have you with us. And uh, yeah, I hope you had a great uh, New Year's celebration, that the dust has settled. Uh, and uh, you're airing to go in 2017 i've had a, a pretty good one managed to to get some good training in uh over the festive season didn't ma- take much time off from work uh, if i have to be honest but uh yeah did get to spend some time with family got to spend some time training which uh is amazing the weather's been phenomenal here in cape town and uh yeah it's just uh, i love summer in the city it is uh, the best place in the world to train if you've never been to the mother city you are missing out put it onto your list uh, you have to come uh and uh, yeah, when you do bring your shoes bring your bike and bring your wetsuit because it is uh, triathlete heaven I can tell you that much well uh, today's podcast I get to share another brilliant story and uh, yeah I hope you to enjoy it as much as I enjoy chatting to her and uh, yeah again I get asked uh, and requested lots of lots of athletes from various age groups and uh, this is one that I think a lot of people are going to really enjoy. If you know anyone uh, who you think would be a good fit, who's raced on the big island, please pop me an email, brad at thekonaedge.com. It's as simple as that and uh, I look forward to, to reaching out to you. If you've got any questions, be in touch as well. The email again, brad at thekonaedge.com. Well, let's get straight into today's podcast and a great pleasure to welcome Aida Wazilewski onto the podcast. Welcome onto the Kona Edge, and we head uh, to the US, to California, to catch up with our next guest, Aida Waziluski. Aida, welcome onto the Kona Edge. Thanks for joining us today.
0: Thank you. I'm excited to I'm, be here.
1: I'm pretty chuffed to chat to you because I'm sitting in Cape Town. You're sitting in uh, California, but you you made it out to South Africa earlier this year to to take part in, in Ironman South Africa. You got to see Cape Town as well. Uh, a pleasant enough experience.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely loved every moment of it. I just would have rather done my race first, than gone to Cape Town to vacation because it is spectacular. I loved, I loved Cape Town.
1: That's a that's a good. Before we even get into your journey, that's a good travel tip. If you are traveling a long way for an Ironman, it's uh, probably best to get it out of the way, and you can enjoy the rest of the trip as opposed to doing the Ironman at the end of a trip. That's right. And then let's let's talk about your, your journey into the sport and, and, and where it all began for you. Where did your love for, for Ironman come from?
0: Um, actually, I was a runner. I was uh, not a triathlete. Um, and uh, I've been doing a lot of marathons and I had a couple of injuries. And um, my husband at the time said, you know, you would make a really good triathlete because you can swim and I used to spin do spin classes and you can bike and I had done some mountain biking and he said you're a good runner you should just try doing triathlon so um he actually signed me up for my first triathlon which was in Maine he's originally from Maine um the shipbuilders triathlon it's just a 10k and um I did it and just fell in love with it. it it's a tough course, the shipbuilders, and um, I did it on my mountain bike. I didn't have a road bike. I hadn't actually been on a road bike, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. And uh, then a friend of mine found out about it that I'd done it and uh, said, do "You know, do you know uh, another mom in our school?" um, she's getting ready to do a half Ironman. And I said, what's that? I had, I didn't know about Ironman and, um, said, yeah, she's, she's going to be doing it for a team and training and, uh, you should meet her. She's an amazing athlete. And I thought, oh wow. So I kept wanting to meet her and finally I met her and, um, she said, yes, you know, we're going to do another one. You should really sign up. And, uh, I thought, wow, uh, so what's the distance again of a half Ironman? And she told me, and I thought, whoa, <laughs> that sounds just huge. And um, she said, no, do it with team and training. They will, you know, help you, coach you. And, um, and so I thought, okay, yeah, I'll, let's, let's do this and, you know, do some good with it also. Um, I thought just marathoning was uh, a little bit selfish, and uh, you spend time, you know, so much time on your own, but, uh, whoa, Iron Man is a whole different, (laughs) um, (laughs) talk about selfish.
1: It takes selfish to a whole new level, doesn't it?
0: (laughs) And so I did um, sign up, and um, for a half Iron Man, um, with team and training and had an amazing coach my first real coach um, and uh, he he really made it fun I I, uh, it, I felt like a child playing outdoors because there was so much time spent outdoors to train for a half Ironman and I, I seriously felt like I was cheating somehow um, because I've, I've, you know, I'm a full-grown adult. I'm a mother of four children, and they're grown, and I had the time. That's why I signed up. And uh, I thought, "Oh, to spend so much time outdoors, I seriously felt like I was cheating. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, ended up, actually two weeks prior to my first half Iron Man um, falling and hurting myself really bad. So I didn't end up doing my first half Ironman that I trained for, which was uh, Big Kahuna. And uh, I went there and cheered the team on and then went on to do Wildflower as my first half Ironman. And uh, yeah, mistakes made, learned a lot, came away thinking, oh, I can do better on this. And so just did a few more half Ironmans. And the same friend that got me into team and training for to do a half Ironman um, said, let's do an Ironman. <laughs> so I signed up and trained for my first Ironman and uh, with team and training. Um, and it was fine Man, And uh, literally the week of race day, Uh, My mother had a heart attack, and uh, I was in the hospital on race day with her. So I missed my first Ironman, and uh, that was a tough one because I had trained so hard and so long and just couldn't wait for it. And the team that I was training with all went to the race, and all of them had success. We were a small group. I think there was about eight of us training together for for the Ironman distance. And um, it it took me a whole month to stop thinking about the fact that I missed my first Ironman. It was really a loss for me. Mm. And uh, my mom was fine. It took a month of um, taking care of her. And she was okay. So I decided to do Ironman Arizona. That was 2008.
1: And the rest, as they say, is is history. When did you realize you were actually pretty good at this?
0: <laughs> you know, my first coach um, for a team in training who trained me both for the Big Kahuna as well as for Vineman said to me, You know, if you really wanted, you could do you could qualify for Kona. And I said, What's Kona? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know about Kona, and uh, that year I watched the World Championships, and um, when it was televised, and I literally sat there. By the end of it, I was crying. It it was so moving to me to see people finish. Um, it was just an amazing experience, and to me, I I honestly thought that that was just. For people who are special, um, who are real athletes. I have no business even thinking about an Ironman. I'm just a mother of four children. I've raised four kids. I'm not an athlete. Um, I did do athletics when I was in school, um, not here in the US. I'm not a born and raised from the United States. So I, I seriously felt that Yeah, that was for special people, not for just the ordinary person that wants to be you know, wants to be an athlete and does these things for fun.
1: Mm. Yeah. It's it's interesting you say that because I think a lot of age groupers struggle with with the belief side of it. Exactly how you described it there. It's it's you almost it's almost that imposter syndrome where you feel I'm not good enough. But in order to qualify, you have to believe it. And and how how do you get that belief as as an athlete?
0: My, my coach really put that in my head. And from there, I, I, after watching, I, I questioned him. I said, you really think I can qualify? He said, yes. He said, you, you have the goods, but you have to want it. And I thought, well, let's, let's go. Let's, let's do this. And it, you know, it wasn't that simple. If there's one thing I've learned, it Takes a lot of patience I you know I was not a swimmer I am not a swimmer I still am not good at swimming I just get through the swimming Uh, I still work very hard at it and I'm really not that good a biker I've had to really work hard on the biking but I've always been a runner so the running comes to me much easier mentally and physically than the other two disciplines and it's having the patience to to learn and be a student of each of those sports. So I started, I, I, re, I just enjoy the process so much, the training of it. I enjoy the races. And I really don't take myself that seriously. I just feel, I just want to get better. I just want to do better today than I did yesterday. And I just followed my training plan. And when I did my first Ironman, I just knew my goal was for that one to finish and not to walk on the run. And I achieved it. And I thought, okay, next race, I can do better. And it just went from there. And then I started comparing myself to the rest of my age group And I thought, okay, you know, I do know I can do better here. I just have to work a little harder or learn to do it better. And maybe I can just keep. And it was just ever so gradually training, training. Then I changed coaches and I literally found my next coach online. I read his story and contacted him. He had qualified and done Kona. So I got with him and told him that I really want to qualify for Kona and I now at this point had done a few races and I'd actually won an Ironman it was not a real Ironman as they say because it wasn't an Ironman sanctioned Ironman distance um, and it, it was just the process of gradually being able to wrap my head around it that I like i could i could do it
1: you speak about the patience and and funnily enough that's one of the things that that pops up here on the podcast all the time is is consistency and, and building on on foundations that you've built and it takes time and, and, and it, it made me think of I got an email yesterday of somebody asking about uh, getting guests on who've qualified at their first attempt and, and in, in my, my gut feel is that's not the norm it, 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 this is a, a long term project getting getting to the big island.
0: Yes, unless you are a college athlete, you know, and you are really gifted um, in a couple of the disciplines, I think for for very few that, that can happen, that they could qualify the first time around. But for just the regular person that loves to do triathlons and has that desire to get to Kona, It takes patience, yes. A lot of nailing the basics, learning how to do each one of the disciplines well, being patient with yourself, um, and just being purely consistent at it.
1: You've you've had some disappointments throughout your your triathlon career. I mean, you mentioned your your first half and your first full that you ended up missing for for sort of circumstances out of your control. But you've also had a a, a crash on on a bike, Kona. I think it was was it last year where you you had a crash. It's things like this do get put in your path and curveballs do get thrown. How do you deal with with disappointment and and when things don't go according to plan?
0: Yes, I've actually had more, I would say more than fair share of um, crashes. I've actually crashed and broken my pelvis during training for Ironman France. Um, I have, um, you know, like I said, crashed while training for Kona last year um, in Kona and broke my clavicle. Honestly, for me, it's it's a step back. But it only fuels my, my love for the sport more because while I'm recovering, the whole time I study. I study the sport. I read as much as I can. I plan. I focus on my next race. And I, I come back from it wanting it even more. I just love the sport, and I love the everyday training. That's, to me, um, more important than even just being able to, to qualify for Kona and to do Kona. I love being out there every single day, and I love seeing how I can get better. It's not, I'm not a competitive person, really. Um, the women in my age group that I compete with, are amazing, (laughs) I have some, and that's one of the things as I got to know who I was competing against. I was like, wow, to even have the audacity to think that I could compete against ex-pros, ex-Olympic marathoners, um, ex-ITU world champions. These are the people that are in my age group that I have to compete with. Um, There's a lady who is honestly a uh, legend in the ultra world and ultra running. Um, They're phenomenal women. And it just like makes me feel, if anything, like so incredibly blessed that I can actually be out there with them and think that I could do what they're doing. That's what I also love about being in Kona that we can actually race with the pros.
1: Yeah, um, I think that that is yes. a unique that is a unique thing getting getting to race the same courses as the best in the world, not just in your age group but uh, across the board. And you you mentioned some of the the the, the people you get to race against with, within your age group, but uh, you, you you made it onto the the podium, Kona twenty sixteen. So it, it's all it's all good and well saying that you're there to to just sort of experience it, but you are mixing it up with the best in the world that that must be something you're pretty proud of.
0: I truly am. And honestly, I, to this day, to this moment, I can't believe that I achieved that. My coach completely believed in me that I could do it. I could make the podium. And I would, I, it's just, it's hard. It's hard for me to, to go, really? I'm, I'm actually capable of doing that, that you think i'm that good or have that ability but he would he says to me all the time it's not just having the goods just just don't even think that way just follow the plan keep it simple i'm going to give you the plan just do the plan just train and even before the race i you know people ask me So do you know who you're racing against? And I would say, no, I don't even look at the list of women because there's so many impressive women in my age group. That's just going to be a negative in my head because I am not an ex, any athlete. I'm just a mom of four children that's raised four children. (laughs) That's what I've been doing. And so I don't look at that list and I don't try and compare myself to them. I just know what I've done for training, and I'm just going to go out there and do implement what I have trained for. (laughs) And I –
1: sorry. No, no, go for it. You were saying?
0: And I I don't get on the course when I see these women. It doesn't actually – now I've met quite a few of them at different races. I've done 16 Ironmans. So I've gotten to know a lot of my age group um, ladies. They're amazing, like I said, amazing people, but they're amazing when I meet them also as individuals. Um, When I see them on the course, it's never a negative in my head. Oh, she passed me, or whoa, you know, I see them on the way back as I'm still going out. Um, It doesn't get to me in a negative way because I believe. At the day On the day, I can only do what I have trained for, and I just do what I'm capable of doing.
1: You, you, you mentioned your, your coach a few times, and you've changed coaches too. Has, was it was it something you knew that if you were going to take this on, you you had to do it with the help of someone else? And, and what do you look for in a coach? And, and, and with the switch… Was it a case of looking for someone who could get you to Kona, who had done it before? Tell me the, the thought process that goes into that.
0: Yes. I I had three coaches. The initial one that got me started with team and training. Then on to the – who is actually now my life partner. Uh, my second coach who I found who had qualified and um, done Kona himself. And he got me to Kona twice with training, and then it was, okay, I have gotten better, I'm doing good, but I want more, I want to get better, and I then found, found Matt Dixon, and um, he's my coach, and um, he, I went to a training camp, and I, I'd met a, another athlete at another camp, a running camp, and uh, she had talked to me about trying to find a new coach, and and I love my coach, um, who now is my life partner, and said, you know, you really have to connect. You've got to be on the same wavelength as far as philosophy of of just life, not just training, and how, how because we are we are not pros. We have other things in our lives going on plus trying to train. And so you've got to find someone that's considers all of that. So you have to feel good when you're talking with them like whatever they say that you can relate to it. And so that's what I was looking for and when I she found Matt Dixon and we in communicating told me how much she liked him and said there's a training camp coming up for just women by him i signed up and when i went to the training camp i everything he said just i completely could relate to because in his no matter what he talked about he always added, added the the what effect just life stress has on us for training and that's what i needed again being a mother of four children i and grown children who are i'm very involved with i i can't just focus on training to get to conan to get to the podium um so my he he just i just really related to him and just loved the philosophy that he has behind training and for the first time someone talking about being patient in training and doing exactly what you're told i'm a that's a hard one to hold me back cuz i every time i went out for training i would go give it all and come back and realize oh i'm not supposed to do that and he got me to back off and work more on the basics and in different way, work harder at some things. And he truly believed I could get to the podium. But even before I could get there, I was asked by a friend, so you're a coach, he trains you like you're a pro. He said, well, no, he trains me for me. Because it's very individual. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the coach you want. Who trains you for you who you are?
1: Yeah, I think that is vital and, and and funnily enough, that's one of the things that that pops up on the podcast quite often too is the the time management side of things and and getting the balance right between training work your, your career and and your family life how do How do you juggle it? How do you keep the balls in the air when when sometimes it uh, it almost feels like it's impossible? I'm sure
0: Yes, very well put. Um, yes, you mentioned Kona, 2016, I made the podium, and yet it was 2016 that I became a grand, brand new grandmother. I have a grandson, <laughs> and I had to fly to Costa Rica and be with my daughter for the birth, and I was there for three weeks. She had the baby in July, <laughs> and... I was like, oh, I have all this training to do. I am trying to get to Kona and um, injury-free and as fit as I can be. And I am going to be in Costa Rica, I don't know for how long, and not be really able to to train and have that as my priority. But my coach kept saying, you're good, go do it, and you will be fine. It's it's. It's hard. It really is. And doubting yourself, doubting that you're doing the right thing, um, the balancing act is, is seriously super hard. But you know what? I think at the end, for someone, especially, I think you know, we always say triathletes are mostly the A-type personalities. We we just. Like to do everything, just head on and and we're like channel visioned we we just just see that and have a hard time with everything else. but I think being a mom has forced me to keep it all in balance um I can't just think about myself i've again um, four children very involved in their lives, I'm always forced to. They keep me down to earth. I can't just just be oh, I have to go train um you know three hours a day. uh things come up I go priority, you know family's priority. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, yeah. I'm also sitting here doing the math and, and, and trying to work out I mean, how long you've been in the sport and, and how many full Ironman distance races you've done. And, and I'm getting, on average, between two or three a year since you've, since you've started out uh, around there. How, how many of these things do you think you've got in your body as you get older as well? And, and how many do you think is, is the right amount to be doing in, in a year?
0: Um, I think that is so incredibly individual. And I truly believe um, it's what your goals are for each one of them. I definitely, I I know and I've talked to other triathletes who feel every time they go to a race, they're there to race and they're there to take first place. I am not one of those athletes. Like I said, I really, really enjoy the process. I, and I love racing even though I'm not competitive. So for me, I enjoy doing races, and I like doing many races. So I have done, quite a few years, I've done two and three Ironmans, along with two, three half Ironmans, along with two, three ultras, and a couple of marathons. Um, But like I said, I don't go at each one of them and just do the very best I can do there's a buildup for me for these things this year i did three ironmans and for me it was to try and qualify for kona so i had to actually bring my a game to each one of them first one being south africa i didn't make it i came second and we had one slot so four weeks later or i'm sorry five weeks later i did ironman texas and, um, you know, that fuel was burning there for me. So it was that, that was the motivation. And I went out there and I, uh, was scared. I was seriously scared. Um, and my coach said, you know what? You don't have to enjoy every one of them. Go do the job, get the job done. And today is, 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 the day where you are the pro and you are going to go out there and you have a job to do and you do it because he knows me that I first and foremost enjoy my races so if you see someone running with a big smile on their face during the marathon that's me (laughs) then I'm actually happy to be on my two feet (laughs) I'm done I'm done with the swim and the bike and I'm running now so I'm happy um, so he said, you know, get, go get the job done. And uh, it got me through. I had a terrible experience in the swim and then just got on the bike and moved on and just stayed at it and achieved my goal. And I knew the only way was I would have to take first place in order to uh, qualify for Kona. Did that and then I had a little break by going to Costa Rica to see my grandbaby be born, and uh, it was an amazing. Sorry, gets me emotional. Um, it was an amazing experience, and then I came back, and it was actually the best break for me. And I then started training. So August and September, I was heavy duty training, and I was there ready in October to do whatever. The day had for me, and it was a huge surprise.
1: It's interesting you you talk about the the break and going to Costa Rica and 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 having that time to almost switch off. And and we spoke about the consistency and patience earlier on, but it's also important to take breaks like that to to come back refreshed. That you're not always uh, sort of your head's not always in the game. Sometimes you do need to take some time off, don't you?
0: Oh yes, absolutely. Even though your head will play games with you and the whole, you know, every, every so many days I would text my coach and say, am I going to be okay? (laughs) And he would say, you're doing just fine. You, this is good for you. Okay. So then I would just, you know, I would calm down and enjoy my time with my daughter and my, my grandbaby. And, and I thought, okay, when I got back, it was time to work. It really So I found myself, instead of feeling really burned out at the end with the intensity of the training, I was eager to keep training. So that break really worked for me. And I, at the time, couldn't see that. and But I trusted in my coach and did what he told me to do. And that's some of the the communication that we have which he has been so good for me is he keeps telling me keep it simple keep it simple just do what's on your plan
1: absolutely well I'm going to end it there from uh, just chatting about your story we'll get you on uh, next time round to chat a little bit about the swim and, and the other disciplines but we'll save that for, for another time thanks for your time today you're on the Kona Edge
0: thank you so much for having me we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kona Edge Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for The Kona Edge.